With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Um, John Middlecoff's going to join us in... I don't know, 25 minutes. Uh, we will talk some golf. We will talk some uh, Warriors hoops. He's a fan of both. He's got his own uh, golf podcast now. And we'll talk a bunch of NFL, including what Devontae Adams had to say about Aaron Rodgers, his former quarterback. We got tonight's game, which is Lakers Nuggets. I got a pick for you. I'm going to probably share my pick in the podcast. It's called In the Bonus. Uh, I also want to have a discussion about the John ja Morant interview with Jalen Rose when he came out of his I don't even know I want to call it rehab but his couple days of counseling Antonio Daniels will join us uh, Doc Rivers was fired we got some hockey with the two lies one cup man we got a bunch of stuff going on let's start with this though and this is interesting the Lakers take on the Nuggets tonight the game's in Denver game one is always a game in which you feel like the road team can steal and there's other layers to it, right? Uh, Lakers are playing with supreme self-confidence. Altitude, when you go and play in altitude, uh, especially when you play a couple of games, the longer you stay there, the more oxygen depleted you become. And so a lot of teams will actually, 
You know, if you have days in between, they'll fly somewhere else, then fly back in. You know, so they're, they're, they're not oxygen deprived. But it does stand to reason that the Lakers' best chance of a road win in altitude should be tonight against Denver. Here's Nikola Jokic on his revamp, uh, on the revamped Lakers team. What stands out about the way the Lakers are playing now as opposed to maybe pre-All-Star earlier in I mean, the season? I play with this kind of Lakers, I think. Uh, so this is going to be basically a new team for us. So probably everything is new, everything is different. Uh, they're playing um, amazing this playoffs and kind of after the trade, trade uh, deadline, they're playing really well. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's a, it's a completely different team. Uh, we can't use, not only is the regular season completely different than the postseason, the Lakers are just a completely different basketball team. But just like we don't know how the Lakers will look matching up against the Nuggets. We also don't have a great understanding of how they will play as the pressure cranks up. How the game will be officiated at this level. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, Anthony Davis has been a completely and thoroughly dominant player at both ends of the floor, especially the defensive end of the floor. But through two series... He hasn't had to guard anybody. Now he has to guard a two-time MVP. It's just different. It's easy to be a weak side shot blocker when you don't have to worry about your guy. Now you do. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to have to guard your guy out to the three-point line, which make, puts, makes, makes the middle wide open. And when the Warriors had success was when Anthony Davis wasn't around the paint. Well, that's a fascinating matchup. I have no idea which Jamal Murray shows up. If bubble Jamal Murray shows up, the Nuggets are going to win. But Jamal Murray's been so inconsistent ever since the knee injury, it's hard to go like, yeah, I'm going to count on that. You know, I'm going to count on that. I mean, the same goes for, for you know, Aaron Gordon. Unbelievable athlete. He has to guard LeBron. Right? But he also has to make LeBron guard him. Got to make shots. And if he does, again, that lane is wide open. So this is an amazing matchup of one franchise that has never done anything. The other one, if the one of the two winningest franchises in the history of the sport, one of the iconic players in the sport, the iconic franchises in all of sport. This is an amazing one. Like the Nuggets have never done anything deep in the NBA playoffs. Right? They've gotten to the conference finals before and they've never gotten past it. None of that actually matters when they play. But you also have a lot of players on that team that haven't ever played at this level of the NBA. The show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Dan Byer, your expectations for Lakers. Like, I, I don't do the, how many games? How many games? Because sure. things evolve. A guy gets hurt one game. Guy gets in foul trouble one game. But everybody's fully healthy for game one. Everybody's rested enough for game one. What are your expectations? Um, my expectations. Hmm. I'll phrase it to you this way, Doug. I, in watching this series and trying to settle out and sort out who is going to win, I'm not looking at Nikola Jokic. 
I'm not looking at LeBron James, and I'm not looking at Anthony Davis. I, and, and the reason I say that is, it's not that if Jokic doesn't uh, play well, um, they're done. Like if if Jokic right, right. is if if Jokic isn't Jokic, they're they're not going to win. But what we've seen in, in specifically with the Lakers, because I think there's parallels to other teams. It's not as much about LeBron and AD as it is about Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and as crazy as it sounds, if you would have said this three weeks ago, Lonnie Walker. Come on, Dan. And I feel the same thing about Denver, where if Michael Porter Jr. is 2 of 12, they're probably not going to win the game. If you know Aaron Gordon has 8 points, they're probably not going to win the game. They don't have to have 30. But your top two in Denver and your top two in L.A. I think will produce. I think Jamal Murray will be fine, and I expect Jokic to be Jokic. But what we've seen, and what we've seen at least in a lot of these playoff series, and specifically with the Lakers in their scenario, you could have LeBron be LeBron. Uh, Maybe he turns it up a notch like he did in, in Game 6. But it's really those other guys, and I am so hard trying not to say uh, the X factor. You know, who's the X factor? But I almost think in a way that Jokic and Murray cancel out LeBron and AD. Um, And it's who's going to step up in the absence because the Lakers have gotten it from Walker. They have gotten it from Russell. They have gotten it from Austin Reeves. Does that continue in the same thing with the Nuggets? So my expectations, I don't know what to expect from those guys, but whoever gets the best from their, I guess, sub three trio, if you want to say, I think wins the series. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Anthony Davis and having to guard Jokic to me is really interesting, you know, because like I said, anybody can be a great weak side shot blocker when you're floating, not guarding anybody that guy you have to guard because he can he can actually he can shoot. Um, conversely, you know, now Jokic, I don't think the challenge is as great for him defensively, to be totally honest with you, because Anthony Davis has become much more of a, a roller and he's, he's not, he doesn't trust his perimeter jump shot nearly as much, so he's not playing on the perimeter nearly as much. Um, and that kind of, like, the where Jokic gets exposed is when he has to, find a perimeter player to guard and you know he just kind of stands in the lane and they switch and and figure out a way to hide him against a true big guy I, I actually think it might fit him better but I don't know how he does against Anthony Davis that one's interesting um I agree with you for the most part on points wise Murray and 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 LeBron canceling each other out I'm concerned about LeBron's conditioning in altitude and conditioning in this series, the longer it goes, although he pl- probably played his best basketball in game six, if we're fair. Uh, but the, the root of what you got to is the accurate part, which is I don't care what you think of the Lakers on paper. Those guys played their best basketball, maybe not collectively all at once, but every game you had a guy, you know, D'Angelo Russell saved him one game in Memphis, hitting three games, three in a row. He had another game, I think game one against the Warriors, he was great, right? So he gave you a win each series. Um, Austin Reeves, there's a couple of games that jump out at you that he hit gigantic. You mentioned Lonnie Walker. Like, you kind of go through the, I mean, I I don't like Schroeder, but Schroeder is going to be a pest, and there will be a game in which he makes shots. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see when that occurs and who's I guess role players 
play their roles to the best. They lost, uh, excuse me, uh, D- Denver won game two uh, against the Suns, and it's not it, it's not indicative of everything because Jokic had 39 points in the game, um, but 16 rebounds. But Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the fourth quarter when they're trailing comes out and hits two threes. Um, and all of a sudden they're in the lead with you know eight, nine minutes left. And KCP had 14 points in that game. Aaron Gordon had 16. KCP, uh, KCP had 21 in the series clincher. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't have that from somebody, Jokic can have 51, he can have 48, but it's going to be a you know one-two-man show, and that's not going to beat the other team. Give us your thoughts. At Gottlieb Show is the Twitter handle. At Gottlieb Show is the Instagram handle. And the Doug Gottlieb Show fan page on Facebook is another way to communicate with the show. Yes, uh, Jason Stewart. Hey, um, I, I just wanted to take credit for something. And I'm, I'm not taking credit as in um, I thought of it and then everyone copied me. That's not, I'm not, that's, I'm not that guy. But if you recall, guys, before the playoffs began, um, I said I have an idea for for uh, some content here. What if this Laker team were to go on this miraculous run and win the title? What would that do to uh, LeBron's reputation among Laker fans? You know, we kind of see him as a uh, a transplant. We kind of see him as a mercenary out here in L.A. What would a title, given the Hail Mary of going from the play-in game to possibly winning a title, what would that do for LeBron? Remember that? Um, today, you could tell that the producers of each major network sent like this note. Almost all the debate shows, and I'm watching uh, First Things First right now, too. Um, what would a championship do for the legacy of LeBron with Laker fans? Now, they're Johnny-come-lately on this because it's actually a possibility. But we had this back when the playoffs began, guys. Is there any credit to be taken there? No. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, hey. <laughs> it was it was so far-fetched to me that the Lakers would make a run. Yes, me too. That I I took Jason's suggestion. I think we talked about it. Um, I think we did it on the show. But honestly, when I left, I never gave it a second thought because I just didn't think that it would be possible. Yeah, I, I didn't. I... Um, I we started ta- I started talking about it during the Memphis series, right? Because when Dylan Brooks talked trash to him and called him old, it was the first time that like Laker fans had his back. It was the first time he felt like a Laker. But I I said I watched them against the Clippers late in the season. I was like, well, one team looks like a championship team, the other team looks better, but not able to compete at the top of the league. I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, they they look like a million bucks going back to Game Six. I mean, a million bucks in game six. And really, in game five, as much as they never got it closer than six, the fact that a game with nothing to play for, you know, and when they didn't really want to play LeBron that late, they were still very competitive in that game. Um, the Lakers become a good team. And they've had, and and by the way, you know, everybody raved about Malik Beasley in that pickup, and he doesn't even play. Right, they used Vanderbilt helped them in Game One against the Warriors. Didn't really help them the rest of the series. Like it's been a different guy all the time to go along with their big two. So I'm with you, Dan. I didn't see it. I was wrong. They're obviously a championship contender now, and uh, and we'll see. And 
And yes, you were a, a little bit ahead of it, but I think you weren't ahead of it because it wasn't a question that we'd ask, but we had to get to a point to where it was worth worthy of asking. Is that is that fair, Jay? Oh, sure. I, and by no means was it a prediction of mine. I just thought it was an interesting talking point, but it just seemed so far-fetched. I think it's great producing. I do. I'm not even saying that sarcastic. Oh no, I'm really good. I, I know that you're. I am. I think that is. I think that is. That is very well done by you because now I feel that that topic is low hanging fruit, and uh, you had it two weeks ago. Thank you, Dan. I will say uh, here's the other side to it that no other show does. If they win it, yes, it changes how he's looked at by Laker fans. If he doesn't, the opposite occurs. It's just really weird. Like, I, I think in any in, in many other fan bases, you're like, I already won a title. He's 38. He, he, they got way farther than anybody thought. But the truth is, like, if they don't win here, it just he's kind of same old LeBron. And, and in many ways, I'm sympathetic to that because he's done a great job of sacrificing his ego and letting other guys shine. Whereas that's not what he likes to do or he's ever done. No matter what he says, how he's played has always been, I like to make the big pass. Yeah, but you like to make that pass for a shot. Now he's just kind of playing within the flow for the most part. Sometimes he, he, he regresses. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. Stop me if you've heard of this before, but Doc Rivers was fired today. Uh, Dan Patrick uh, said it best the other day when he said Doc Rivers is the least successful Game 7 coach in the history of the NBA. He didn't mean it as an opinion. He meant it as a stat. But it is really interesting um, that here's a guy who uh, is roundly respected. Roundly respected. uh, 54 victories this season in the regular season. um, And he has a streak of 16 consecutive winning seasons, whatever that's worth. But they lost in Game 7. And um, I don't think he lost his job simply because they lost in Game 7. Obviously, didn't help. But to me, a lot of this comes down to, to James Harden. Like, what's the... Go through all of the coaches James Harden has had and... His inability to produce in key moments in the playoffs has cost all the rest of them their jobs. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what you do. I mean, I'm again, nobody deserves necessarily get fired when you have a good year and you lose in a game seven and you have some good things and your your MVP. You have the league's MVP and he doesn't, he gets hurt and then he doesn't play particularly well in game seven or in parts of the NBA playoffs that he did play because he was healthy. But there's a cumulative effect of losing last year, some of the things, how he got defensive about his record. And then this year they lose in a game seven. I mean, really, game six cost him more than game seven cost him, right? Game six, Tatum couldn't have played worse. And they couldn't put the Celtics away. And then Tatum hits some shots and they lose in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, it gives a chance for a guy to have a historic night. And your stars don't play well. I would guess Doc goes back into TV. He was great in TV before. Right out of being a player, he was in TV. And then he became a coach. You know, and then back to TV after after the first coaching gig. Or after the Orlando Magic coaching gig, right? Um, and, uh, and I think he'll go back to TV now. The only question is which, which network does he go to? You know, maybe he, he trades places with, uh, Mark Jackson. They'll just, they'll just switch. 
I don't think Mark Jackson is getting a job. I could be wrong, but I don't think Mark Jackson is getting a job. Again, could be wrong because like Mark Jackson, his basketball style is kind of arcane, right? It was part of what, like, let's not get it twisted. The guys in Golden State uh, like playing for him, but the style didn't fit what they've ultimately been doing is completely the opposite. It was a lot of ISO. It was a lot of, you know, it would be good with LeBron James, for example, back when LeBron was great. Not now as the ball has to move. But it was the personal dealings with others in the organization. Like, I don't, I don't think people get by that. But I think he calls games and the, the probably the biggest need would be TNT. TNT's game calling is not, I think, who's the second team for ESPN? Jackson and Van Gundy are the top team. Is it, um, is Doris Brooks second team or is she? Well, she's sideline on the first team and then she does call games. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he would absolutely replace Doris Brooks in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, the, you know, again, the politics part of that would be hard. Mark Jones has done some. Uh, yeah, but Ryan yeah, does play by play. Who does the who does oh. the who does the analyst? Oh, uh, Richard Jefferson has done some. JJ Redick, QB Brown. But um, isn't that is that their third team? Is that their second team? I'm just giving you a bunch of guys who have been in that. Yeah, I mean, chair obviously, like uh, so. Gals, so yeah. the, here, here's the way it really works, as you guys know, right? Like he's already likely on the phone with TNT or his agents on the phone with TNT and ESPN. And I, just to guess, he'll probably do ESPN in the in the finals, right? Wouldn't that be a reasonable one? He's worked for ESPN, ABC. You know, their studio show needs a little bit of pop. And he's good. He's relevant. He's, he, you know, if it's the Celtics, he's coached against them and coached them, right? That would be, that would make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And then obviously if it's, uh, you know, whoever comes out of the West, it doesn't matter. He's coached against them as well. So I would guess he'll do, but he's not going to go anywhere unless he's guaranteed to be either on the set, which I don't think is his strength is as a game analyst is what, what he always did. And he was good at it. Uh, I would guess it would be probably he want first chair, but he'd probably take the second team. And I think that would be open at either spot. Is Reggie the top guy at, at, at Turner? Oh, I think. It's Har- It's been Harlan and Stan Van Gundy, yeah. right? And no, Harlan and Stan Van Gundy is the second team. I think. I think Reggie, Brian, Brian, Brian Anderson, Anderson yeah. uh, Jim think, Jackson's done. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's opportunities there. I would guess he goes to TNT. But again, we got to figure out what happens with the NBA and the NBA's future. I'll bet he does ESPN for the finals, and then's a free agent, and he lands wherever he gets promised. Not find the be- most best financial package. Whatever he, whatever is the most visible. Uh, game package. Mark Jackson may be lured away with the election coming up from some states to run their voting processes since he was so good with the MVP voting <laughs> that maybe they would want him in charge. That's a good one. I like that. Well, no one um, really laughed, but it was just... No, uh, it was I, I was, that was a smile. Was a I have a... Look at my face. I have a smile on my face. It wasn't a bad one. It was... It was. Uh, do, do people know... Like, I know what you're talking about. Yes. But I'm, I'm wondering if people was like, what is he talking about? Is there another guy named Mark Jackson? No, like, he left Jokic off his MVP ballot and then said it was just a mistake. Doug's and, good at that. Like, um, 
when when you call him on not laughing at your joke, he, he usually goes, I think that's too smart for the listeners. So like, he, he gives you a compliment. I didn't as, say it was yeah. too smart for the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I said it without saying that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, listeners, traffic is few and far between up on this comedy highway that I'm cruising on right now. We're going 90 up here. What you so have? Hold on. Stuck he had, bumper to he bumper had a great, dumb he had a great one yesterday. What was, hold on, what did we have yesterday? Does anybody remember? God, I can't remember. I remember what I had for dinner yesterday, but I remember you had us dying yesterday. Well, what you had the, the you had the Bader and then the no, Master. No. It was uh, this uh, was it the Matt Ryan or was it John's yes, Matt Ryan sound effects? It was Matt Ryan's it, and John's sound yeah. effects a little bit, but but Matt it was Matt Ryan, right? What are the odds of you coming back to to play next year? Twenty eight to three. Thought that was good. Hey, I saw I saw this nugget. This is yes. a complete non sequitur. And I know Dan loves, loves it more than anything when you put him on the spot. But I, between the two of you, I think you can come up with it. In the 38 years that the draft lottery has been around, four number one picks have led that team to titles. Mm. Four. Okay. You want, to, want me to go? You guys can both figure this 38 out. 38 years? In 38 okay, years, I mean, four guys. All right. Well, if you would allow me, if you'd indulge me, I'm sure Dan already knows it. So I'm going to work it out as I go on air. Okay. First one's obviously is LeBron James. Yep. Right? He was number one pick in Cleveland. He won a title in Cleveland. David Robinson. That one's easy. I, I don't need help from you, J- John, John Ramos. Yeah. Jason's mic <laughs> I don't know. Mike, his mic was on. I'm sorry. I'm just speaking out loud. That's what I do on the show is I think out loud. Well, there's Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Um, I don't know. Was David Robinson? I feel like David. No, he was. He was post. He he was post. Um, Ewing post lottery post Ewing. Yep. So he would be another one. That's three. Did Not say saying I, I, Ewing wasn't my answer. It was Ewing no, was the lottery. Yeah, Ewing was yep. the initial lot. That was the first yep. lottery. Um, so now we need one more, right? One more. And the, the LeBron one. thing is weird because he went away and came back. Right. The the fourth guy stayed and won it, then left. Right, stayed, won it, then left. Okay, uh, wouldn't be Shaq. They never won it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like like last thirty eight years, who's won who's won titles? Uh, okay, so Miami never had the number one overall pick. The Lakers never had the number one overall pick. Do you know Dan? The Cavs we mentioned. The Celtics no. never had the number one overall pick. The Raptors never had the number one overall pick. The Pistons never did not have a number one overall yeah, I pick. You're not on a good path right now. Ah. I'm going through all the teams that you're, have won titles. You're not, not going to get through this years. way, though. What are you talking about? I'm not going to get. Th- I'm absolutely getting through it. Like, dude, I'm I'm working my way through it. <laughs> okay. Uh, was Jason Kidd number one overall? No, he was no. not. Okay. Glenn Robinson was. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, who else has won a title? Um, it's just, oh, the Golden State Warriors. No, no number one overall pick. They won four titles. Um, I don't know. No, Dan? Oh, geez. I'm, I went the reverse way. I was trying to think of who were the number one picks during... Uh, you know those years, so that's that's the the way that I went. Robinson was number one in '87. 
Purvis Ellison was number one in 86. He's never nervous. Yes, never nervous. So then I'm trying to, to think. Um, wasn't anybody from the early 90s? Yeah, it's definitely more recent. Okay. Yeah. More recent, huh? More within recent. the last, what, 15 to 18 years. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously it's not Giannis. It's not, Le- we already did LeBron. We did Warriors. So let's drill down a little bit harder on well, LeBron. We, we, that, that's the that's the clue. Kyrie Irving. Oh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Yeah. So it's it's four, but really two different two franchises. Right. Hmm, interesting. I found. I forgot, so, I I forgot so Kyrie was the number one overall pick. That that's actually the, the that was the part that that threw me. I feel like I was on the Prices Right, where it's like higher, lower. And I just started way too off of. We had to we had to start from current and go backwards, and I went from the other way. You see where it, Woj came out today and said that this is the most anticipated pick of all time. He was including I, LeBron in that. I I've heard that if you had a draft of everyone, that Wimbenyama would be number one. So so here's I I heard something on a Carton Show, and it 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 wasn't as clear as I think I, I think I can make it, I can clean it up. Where, um, I think it was Tim Hardaway. Was it like, was, I yep. I don't draft unicorns. And it, it got a little jumbled because he, he his definition of unicorn was weird. But there is a point there where you go, hey, anybody going to point out he's 7'3", and is the human body really meant to play high-level NBA games at seven three and not break, right? Like there's a there's a there's a breaking point for everybody. It's it's the here like here's a question: What is the fastest a human is ever going to be able to run the hundred meter dash? Like at what point is just it's just too fast for a human being, right? You'll never be faster than that. There is a point there, and. Is there a point to where you can, as fast as you can run, your body's not built for it? It's like one of the things with women, and this is not a sexist remark. This is the actual physics of a woman's body. Women's hips are wider, right? They're a different spot than men's hips, but their hips are wider. And because their hips are wider, your knee, the the ACL is at a different angle, and there's more pressure on the anterior cruciate ligament. If you look statistically, women, I believe they're twice, maybe even three times as likely to tear their ACL as high-level athletes than men are, right? There's just a, a limitation to what your body can do. And so the one thing, the only thing holding me back on Victor is like, he's seven foot three, but man, it feels like big dudes break a whole lot more. And if you want to tell me that's not the case, like, okay, I mean, again, this is a very non-scientific, non-scientific, but I can, you go from Arvidas Sabonis to Greg Oden. Um, obviously, Dwight Howard, it was the back, which ultimately derailed him. But big guys have a tendency, their feet, their hips, their knees, like that is a gigantic young man. Gigantic young man. And he's going to fill out and face the physical burden of playing and playing in a physical sport like the NBA. Like, I don't know, is he going to break? Isn't that the question we had about Chet Holmgren going back to last year? And Chet Holmgren, he didn't even make it through Summer League. He heard it in some pro-am he broke his foot. Is that a reasonable question to ask, man? 
Yes. Yeah. Well, when Ramos says it, buyer, then it's got to be true. <laughs> it's got to be true. I don't think you, I, I just, I don't think any of that comes in. I, the, you think the, each individual person has nothing to do with, because like he's never been hurt, so we can't sit there and factor in all these other guys? I just think that he is so unique and you just, you can't, like I, I would even say like you could make an argument of, <laughs> bad week to do this, uh, John Moran over Zion in some sort of way. But, like, I'm sorry, like, there's no way that I would have taken Kevin Durant over Greg Oden. Just wouldn't have. At that time, and I know now knowing, look, it sounds stupid, but there was no way. And and I think that that's, you know, that's who Victor Wembanyama is. Scoot Henderson and... Uh, you know, may have a better NBA career. Uh, Brandon Miller may have a better NBA career. Who knows? But at this point, you know, he's just that guy. And there may, and time will tell, but still you have to make that draft pick. I mean, I agree, but I, I would say that there is a, a certain hold-your-breath element to it. Yeah, as thin, sure. As thin and tall as he is. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the Tyrac.com studios. I'll speak with a former NBA champion about the conference finals. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Antonio Daniels joins us. 13 years in the NBA, color analyst for the New Orleans Pelicans. And you know, it, it's interesting, uh, Tone. A, a topic we kind of got into right at the end of our previous segment was the only potential downside for Victor Webinyama is, man, 7-3, are we sure that's not going to break down? And I, I only ask, and obviously Zion had some injury issues in college, and the concern was the weight. Okay, but you played, you've been in this thing long enough. I, am, am I completely off base to think that's at least a, a thought? You're not, it's not going to keep you from drafting him, but it's the only potential downside to this kid. That, that's the only um, negative I've heard is the questions about his frame. And, and realistically, Doug, there is no prospect that comes into this league without question. Sure. You know, like, who's the last prospect to come in? And you would say, you know what, man, 100% this dude is a go. There are no issues whatsoever. That guy doesn't exist, right? And we've heard a lot of positives about Victor Wimbanyama. You know, I've heard different NBA scouts say that he is the best NBA prospect ever, ever. That is a huge statement when you think about the amount of talent that has come through this league. With all that being said, there has to be another side of it, though. And I think the other side of it is his frame, his weight. Can it withstand the, um, the physicality of playing against grown men and enduring an 82-game season? I think that is solely and the only question surrounding Victor Wembanyama. But like you said, I don't think that's enough of a question to make a team detour from, from drafting him. Heck, everybody. Everybody was tanking to get him, even though tonight when the draft lottery comes, it's going to be one team where you can actually say that tanking was actually worth it. Um, You're famously a member of the Spurs. They quite obviously, this has been what they've been working for and tanking for. If they don't get him, what are the Spurs Hmm. like? You know what? I have been saying this on my SiriusXM show for quite some time. For quite some time. Because they don't have that guy. And this is a, a organization that is, is accustomed to having a David Robinson or a Tim Duncan first overall pick. But then you have Manu, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker who are first-round draft picks. And then you have Kawhi Leonard. You know, and you had DeMar DeRozan. So this is a place that is accustomed to having stars. This is home for me. And all the talk down here right now, Doug, centers around Victor Wembanyama, 
what that next step is, because with all due respect to Scoot Henderson, with all due respect to Brandon Miller, teams were not tanking to get Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. Sure. Teams were tanking to get Victor Wembanyama because he's generational, or the potential is there to be generational. Uh, all right, let, let's let, let's get to some of the news. Doc Rivers fired. Your reaction? Surprise, surprise. I mean, th- this is it's a cold world, Doug. It's a cold world, brother. You look at the guys that have been let go this year. Nick Nurse, coach of the year, NBA champion. Right as a coach, Mike Budenholzer, coach of the year, NBA champion. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. Go down the list of different. Monty Williams, two times coach of the year, and has been to the NBA Finals. Now you got Doc Rivers, NBA champion, and also coach of the year as a coach. Like, here's my here's my 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 trouble with Doc Rivers being let go, with Monty Williams being let go, with Mike Budenholzer being let go, but in particular Doc Rivers. What is it that organizations want from the head coaching position is my question. Because you know what everybody says? Everybody says, you know what, we want guys to hold players accountable. But when you hold players accountable and they don't like the way that they're being held accountable, now they're also given the freedom to go over your head and have you removed. Sure. Right? We've seen different situations play themselves out throughout the course of this year where that's happened. Now, Doc Rivers – or James Harden is not Doc Rivers' biggest fan. Why? Because he sat him down in Game 7 because he didn't have the energy that he should have had in the most important game of the season? And what organizations are doing, this is the player empowerment era, and I have no power, I have no issue with player empowerment. What I have is when that player empowerment is, is abused. That's what I have an issue with. So the question I would ask, Doug, is to an organization, what exactly do you want from your head coach? It's a fair question. It's, it's an absolutely fair question. And, and I think, like, I mean, think of all the coaches that have tried with Harden and right. failed. And, and granted, he's not their best player. It's very fair to be upset that Embiid wasn't better, wasn't more dominant. And Doc does have a track record of struggling in Game 7, struggling with series he has a lead. That said, what becomes of James Harden? Well, the thing is, it feels like a lot of this that transpired with Doc Rivers has to come from James Harden. Has right. to, you understand, we all understand the relationship that James Harden has with Daryl Morey. We know about this. This, this. this goes all the way back to Houston. Right? This goes all the way back then. And look, here's the thing, Doug. We can sit here and talk about Doc Rivers' track record in Game 7. And here's the question that I would ask you. To me, coaches are, are human. They're people. There are no, there are no um, perfect people. Everyone's with fault. Somewhere along the line. We all have flaws. We all have shortcomings. So do coaches. Day one of training camp. You put in your defensive philosophy, your defensive foundation, how you're going to guard this, how you're going to guard that. And yeah, we can say certain coaches struggle with in-game adjustments or game-to-game adjustments come playoff time. I understand all that. But is it the coach's job to rah-rah players in game seven of a series? Is it a coach's job to make sure that your star player comes back in condition? Or should that be on the professional? Should that be on the player? Now, we can blame the coach for losing the game seven, but the coach ain't taking no shots. The coach ain't turning the ball over. 
You know, we can, we can look at the little things, the intricacies that happen throughout the course of a game, but we saw the, the, this league right now is a, a copycat league, right? Right when Milwaukee lost, Bud was fired. Right when Phoenix lost, Monty Williams was fired. Right when Philly lost, Doc Rivers was fired. Right when Toronto lost, Nick Nurse was fired, right? So when we go and we look at this, how much of this accountability falls on the coach? And how much accountability should fall on the players? Well, how much it should and how much it does, th- those things are Correct. obviously disproportionate, right? We, we, For it's sure. The reality, it's the reality of the league. Okay, so give me the right fits. Those, those moves have already been made. Ty Lue to Phoenix, that's what everyone's been talking about for three months. Is that the right fit there? Ty Lue to Phoenix makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Doc Rivers to Detroit makes a lot of sense to me. Because if I am an organization, I am now – I'm not bringing in Doc Rivers to win. I'm bringing in Doc Rivers to a team that is young, inexperienced, and where he walks in that door and he has cachet with him. He has respect with him. Not someone – because here's the thing. If he goes – similar to Rick Carlisle going to Indiana. If Doc Rivers goes to Detroit, somewhere like that, Kay Cunningham's not going over his head and saying, I think he should be fired. Kay Cunningham's ears are wide open. Right? Duran, his ears are wide open. Those guys want to soak in the knowledge of a championship coach. When I look at like someone like the Milwaukee Bucks, I think of someone like Nick Nurse because of his defensive philosophy. Right? That's his identity. And the issue with Doc Rivers is he doesn't really have an identity outside of being a player's coach. Monty Williams makes sense to me in Philadelphia. So it's it, it, but, again, it goes back to what an organization needs at that time, what an organization wants at that time, because then you can also look at someone like Mike D'Antoni, right, an offensive mastermind who guards seem to relish under his tutelage, under what he does. You look at Steve Nash, you look at James Harden, you look at Jeremy Lin, those kind of guys. I don't know, Mike D'Antoni. How old is Mike D'Antoni now? And I don't know, but he's on the, he's set, on the, he's set, he's on the list. 72 years old. Yeah. 72 years old. 72 and no defense at all. And that, and, and that, I, okay, I'm I'm just saying, Doug, that's who's on the list. For me, I, I got, I'm looking at somebody like Sam Cassell or Charles Lee, right? I'm right. going I'm going the Ime Udoka, Joe Mazzula, uh Darvin Hamro. I'm I'm taking that route. I'm taking the, the route of a younger of a younger coach that can relate to these players. Because in today's NBA, I don't care about your X's and O's. I don't care about your schemes, your defensive philosophies, your offensive philosophies. You have to be able to relate to this generation on their level to be successful. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. Help me relate to John Morant. How do I, can't. I... I mean, how do you I fix can't. it? For me, this is... I'll never give up on a 24-year-old young man. I never will. Because I can think of times where I was 24 years old and I had a lot of money and I did some pretty dumb things myself. The difference is there was no social media. That doesn't exempt me from being ignorant and doing some foolish things, though. But the issue that you run into with Ja Morant is the fact that now this is strike number four for him. Strike number five for him. Right? It comes a point in life where you have to grow up. You have to grow up. I will never give up 
on John Morant because he's only 24 years of age. But there's some changes that John Morant needs to understand and that he needs to make in his life. The first problem for me, Doug, is when you go away for treatment for 11 days. I don't know anything, anything that can be truly transformed in 11 days. Truly transform in 11 days. Because you know what? In that 11 days, you're not uncomfortable. And true transformation is not possible without discomfort. Right? So if you go away for 11 days and you come right back, and now you seem to be saying all the right things, it's, again, it's not about your words. It's about your actions. And his actions and words didn't match. It was a matter of time before this happened. And it was good that he got exposed. It was good that his boy had the Instagram live going and he took the gun out. Because if not, something different along the line, something far more detrimental to his life or his career may have happened if this didn't happen. So how do you fix it? You're, you're in charge of the Memphis Grizzlies. How do you fix it? Well, well, first and foremost, I, don't, I think this is out of Memphis's hands. If I'm Adam Silver, I'm not turning this over to Memphis. Because you can't trust an organization to make a decision like this with their star player. This has to be an NBA um, issue, right? You can't say, all right, well, because what Memphis did, they were okay with a, a game suspension. And what did that do? Oh, well, you know what? He went away. He got treatment. Listen, listen, Doug, the thing that we know, organizations are always going to do what's in their best interest. They're always going to do what's in their best interest. And, again, when you're looking at Dylan Brooks and John Morant, they had no problem cutting ties with Dylan Brooks. You know why? Because his baggage, they felt like his baggage outweighed his production. But now when your production outweighs your baggage and you can't easily be replaced, uh, teams have cut corners for you. So this needs to be a Adam Silver issue and no longer a Memphis Grizzlies issue. Okay. What I would anticipate, yeah. what I would anticipate, Doug, this will be a hefty suspension. And I feel like what Adam Silver and the NBA need to do is drop the hammer on John Morant to a certain degree. What is what is the hammer? What does the hammer look like? Half a season, twenty-five games to a half a season. The only way guys will feel it is if their pockets are impacted. And you sure. look at it, his pockets were already impacted because he lost out on, what, $60 million because he didn't make All-League? Yep. And the reason that he didn't make All-League is because of his baggage off the floor. Sure. Because you can't sit here right now and tell me that he doesn't deserve to be on an All-NBA team as Steph Curry does. You can't tell me that. But the difference is the perception of those two players outside of the four lines. Yeah, And one guy was suspended this year, one guy was not. Tony, you're the That's best. That's right. Telling you the best. Let's see what happens in the draft lottery if the Spurs get them. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us. For sure. Appreciate you, brother. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.